Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. The Bible says, For Christ also hath once suffered for sins. So there's the death blow to the Roman Catholic heresy of having a sacrifice every week uh, of the body of Jesus. This is the death blow verse to that. That's false doctrine. Jesus Christ, it says, hath suffered, hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust. By the way, when the Roman Catholic priesthood does their hocus pocus magic show every Sunday and takes a little wafer and says, Scooby Dooby Doo, where are you? and turns it into the literal body of Jesus Christ, that's a hoax. That's 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 false teaching and that's magic that is false. That whole thing of transubstantiation goes against the Bible. It goes against this verse. It's an unjust practice to do that. Jesus Christ died for that Roman Catholic priest. He's unjust, just like you and I are unjust. So we can't forget that. Um, This is why he once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. Jesus Christ is the one that brings us to God. Nothing we do or didn't do merits us any righteousness before God. Jesus Christ is the one mediator, and he's the one that brings us to God. Being put to death, now here it is, in the flesh. Notice, for the way of topical preaching tonight, or getting our lesson honed in on what we're focusing on, it doesn't say being put to death in the soul, because his soul didn't die. It doesn't say soul. It says being put to death in the flesh. What died? His flesh died and was put in the grave. He came up to it and all, but that is what died on the cross. But quickened by the spirits. Now, look at verse 19. By which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison. I want you to see that spirits in prison part in verse number 19. We already talked about the prison where it has gates and it has bars and you can't get into a prison house or unless you go through with the keys to the gates and to get through the bars. You got to have the key to unlock it or you're not going to get in the jail cell. You're not going to get through the prison gates. But it's a little strange, this verse, isn't it? Let's read it again. Verse 19, by which also. He went and preached under the spirits in prison. Wait a minute. I thought when we died, our spirit went back to our creator. And I thought souls went to heaven or hell. It's an odd verse. We're going to dive a little bit into this verse because it says. By which also he went and preached under the spirits in prison. Jesus. We already talked about before he got the keys. He's able to get through hell. He's not there to suffer for sin. We already went and preached on that. I don't want to rehash that material. I want to move, continue to move on. But we've got these spirits 
that we need to deal with. What's going on here and who are these spirits? Let's see if we can get some truth out of this. I'm not going to be able to tell you much, but I think we'll gain a little bit of insight. Look at verse 20. It's connected by a, 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 by, by a semicolon here from verse 19. It says, under the spirits in prison, which sometime were disobedient when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was a preparing wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. Verse number 20, where did these spirits come from? Well, before the days of Noah. Now, these, these spirits aren't part of the, the, the human race. But during the days of Noah, you had, uh, you had spirits from having relations and, and with, with the population there. And you have these, these spirit beings. And God, so he wipes out the earth. He floods out the earth. These spirits apparently are in hell. <laughs> And that's, I can have some guesses and some maybe, maybe other thoughts on it, but I don't really have much more than what I can glean from from here. I'm really, I'm really at a loss after that. So we have these spirits there that Jesus goes and what does he do? He preaches unto them. What did you pray that's, that's about all we got. Let's go over to First Peter chapter four and see if we can't uh, go over one more chapter and see something else. First Peter chapter four, verse number six. The Bible says, um, "For this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are dead, that might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the spirit." So as we glean some more information. Well, what did Jesus preach? It looks like the gospel was part of what he preached, but the Bible really doesn't give us much more information than that. Now, again, this is his, a bit of his activity. Well, I'd love to get some more information, but really don't. You had a race of giants that were produced before the flood between the sons of God and the daughters of men. God wipes them out. And we don't find anywhere in scripture that this race that was produced before the flood between the sons of God and the daughters of men, we don't see anywhere in scripture where it says they even had a soul. Can't find a verse for that. So my best guess is their spirits went there. And again, all this stuff isn't super, super crystal clear. I have some, I'm giving you what I think the Bible says on this, but Jesus is in hell. He's not suffering. He's got the keys. He can come in and out. There's spirits there. He's preaching to them. The gospel's part of what he's preaching. And then after that, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think anybody's going to know. But that we know they weren't part of the human race. They had the gospel that was preached to them. And we don't know much else about it. That's about all we can really gather from the Bible. 
we can have opinions. There might be some cool narratives we can come up with to maybe sell a book or a tract or a little brochure or pamphlet. The bottom line is we're trying to go through the activities that happened after Jesus died on the cross and then where he went. And we don't want to glean over this. And just because we don't have a lot of information on it doesn't mean we shouldn't talk about it or go through it and at least know that it happened. Now, let's get John chapter 19. Let's move on. John chapter 19. John chapter number 19. Jesus didn't stay in hell very long at all. John chapter 19, verse number 30. The Bible says, when Jesus therefore had finished the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. It's finished. And I need to reiterate that verse because when you teach a Bible lesson on, you're saying Jesus went to hell? <laughs> you got to be careful. You got to make sure you qualify a lot of things. When Jesus died on the cross and he said it was finished, what was finished? All of the suffering that he went through. He took his sin upon, he took our sin, my fault, that's blasphemy. He took our sin upon his flesh on his own body. We already talked about, didn't touch his soul. It was his body upon his body. And then he says, it is finished. He gives up the goat. He doesn't make a little trip to hell to do any more suffering for our sins. He paid it all on the cross. Jesus paid it all. So he has, but he has an appointment that he has to keep. You ever, you ever been late for church? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We all have legitimate reasons, you know, you need you, Try to clear a guy up on some false doctrine. That's a pretty good excuse to be late for church. Um, I've been late for things that. And then, you know. When you're married and you're late and it even makes it worse because your wife reminds you, look, what are you, you're late. You're late again. What do you mean again? <laughs> Have you ever been late? I've been late. Jesus isn't late. Have you ever missed an appointment? I've missed an appointment. I've looked at my phone and I'm like, oh, I had that appointment. I forgot to set the alarm. It's in there, but there's no alarm. You've probably done it. I know I've done it. We all miss appointments. You know who doesn't miss appointments? Jesus Christ. Yep. You know who is never late? Jesus Christ. You know who is always on time? 100% Jesus Christ. Yep. His timing isn't our timing. His appointments and his promises aren't like we try and try and try and continually fail. He doesn't. This is why we have a perfect savior, perfect sacrifice. Everything about him is altogether lovely. Let's not forget that Jesus Christ keeps his appointments and never breaks a promise. So let's go over to Matthew chapter 27. See if we can pick up a little momentum here as we move forward. Matthew chapter 27, verse number 45. The Bible sa says, well, verse 44, uh, 
The thieves also which were crucified with him cast the same in his teeth. Now from the sixth hour, that's about 12 noon. The sixth hour, it's about 12 noon. There was darkness over all the land unto the ninth hour. That would be about 3 p.m. noon. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? When does the day end? The 12th hour. Jesus didn't have much time to keep his appointment. Who's his appointment with? Let's go over to Luke chapter number 23. Let's go over to Luke 23 and find out who he has an appointment with. The day ends on the 12th hour. There isn't more than three hours left. So Jesus made a short little stop in hell, grabbed the keys. He did a little preaching and he has to move on because in Luke chapter 23, we're going to find out who his appointment is with. Look at Luke chapter 23, verse 32. The Bible says, and there were also two other malefactors led with him to be put to death. And when they were come to the place, which is called Calvary, there they crucified him and the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. And the people stood beholding and the rulers also with them derided him, saying, he saved others. Let him save himself. If he, if he be Christ, the chosen of God. And the soldiers also mocking him, coming to him and offering him vinegar and saying, if thou be the king of the Jews, save thyself. And a superscription also was written over him in letters of Greek and Latin and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. And one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him, saying, if thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other also, but the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost thou not fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? He's admitting he's a sinner. <laughs> he's fearing God. And in verse 41, and we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. He's saying, look, I deserve what I'm getting. <laughs> It's a just cause that I'm hanging on this cross. I deserve what I've got. But then he says, but this man hath done nothing amiss. He realizes you got a sinless man. You got a man that's hanging on there that's done nothing amiss, done nothing wrong. And he said unto him, Oh, Lord, get me down here so I can do some good works to get. Except he doesn't. You know what he does? He said unto him, and he said unto Jesus, Lord. And the Bible says, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. This man cannot clean up his life. This man cannot get into a baptismal. This man cannot write down all of his sins that he's committed and try to not do them anymore. He's done them all and he's dying. And he says, Lord, I'm a sinner. I deserve to die. I, 
I am getting what's coming to me. But this man's done nothing amiss. You know what he does? He calls on the Lord. Lord. And you know how somebody gets saved today? They call on the name of the Lord. Amen. Yeah. And I'm not buying this, you know, this church of Christ. Well, he, he didn't get baptized because it was before Jesus rose from the dead. That's a bunch of baloney. Yeah. This man got saved the same way everybody gets saved. Amen. By God's grace, by calling on the Lord to save you. Yeah. And he got saved. He didn't do anything to earn it. Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And here it is. Here's the appointment that Jesus has to keep. And this is why he had a short little stay. Couldn't have been more than three hours. No way it could have been. Because he had to keep this appointment. And he says, and Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, comma, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Now we're not going to get a big to-do into the comma, but it is a big to-do. The comma is placed in the right place in the Holy Bible. Verily I say unto thee, comma, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. This is the appointment that Jesus had to keep. He needed to get the keys to go through hell. How you doing, spirits? Here's the gospel. And then whatever else he did or didn't do, I don't know. He passes through both. But I, this is a spoiler alert. I can't get. I can't give you this one because this will be next Thursday. How and why and some cross references on how he gets from hell to paradise to keep his appointment. But Jesus has an appointment, and it doesn't say, "Verily I say unto thee today," and then the comma goes after today because that would give the meaning. Or that would give the rendering. Well, Jesus is making a statement today. No, verily I say unto thee, comma, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. He gives up the ghost at what hour? The ninth hour. The day ends at what hour? The twelfth hour. He's got less than three hours to keep his appointment. He did not have a long stay in hell at all. He did not suffer in hell at all. He grabbed the keys. He did a little preaching. He said it was in, it is finished on John 19. There's no problem here at all for Jesus Christ. He is keeping his appointment and he's got less than three hours to do it. And nobody's going to stop him and nothing's going to slow him down. And the gates of hell aren't going to prevail against him or his church. So no problem for King Jesus. Now, Bible correctors, just a few things to note. They argue about the comma. I'm not a Bible corrector. I believe the Bible. I believe the punctuation in the Bible. I don't read the Bible and make amendments. I read the Bible and Lord willing and the Holy Spirit yielding, me yielding to the Holy Spirit, I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit and God's Holy Word to amend me. This is why the preaching here is from the Word of God and the Word of God is not corrected. The word of God is proclaimed. The word of God is declared. The word of God, it's thus saith the Lord. So that the word of God is what you are getting. And then you can change based on God's word. That's why everybody has a Bible in their lap. So you can see if what I'm saying lines up with the book. If I give you a cross reference, I say, hey, turn here. Because I want you to see it with your eyes. Because I can't change you. 
You can't change me. I can only persuade. I can only preach. I can only declare. I can only proclaim God's word and then say, Lord, would you move in their life? Lord, will you move in my life? It's the same with any man that would come behind this pulpit and preach the word of God. It's the word of God. We don't correct it. We don't change it. We don't amend it. We allow the Bible to correct, change, and amend us. And, oh, boy, if the modern church got a hold of that, we'd have revival. But here's the correctors. They say, well, punctuation was introduced into manuscripts after the authors of the New Testament had died off. And we'll get into you know, King James Bible issues and, and all that at a later time. We'll do some lessons on that. But you had a minuscule or a majuscule, and they were basically letters, majuscule in all caps, just going, just all caps. You wouldn't have any punctuation. You wouldn't. You wouldn't have paragraph breaks. You wouldn't have chapter numbers. You would not have verse numbers. You don't have any of that. That's one of the arguments that they would make. So because of that, they'll just say, well, Jesus's language, it, it, it's a bit uncertain. It's a bit ambiguous. In other words, we don't really know. We don't know where the comma should go. We just have the best that translators could come up with. Except God said that he would promise to preserve his word. Yeah. And it would not pass away. So we either have something that we can't trust because God couldn't, the Holy Spirit of God couldn't move over men to pen down and get, get us something that we can read and believe and can trust. Or God didn't keep his promise. He either kept his promise or he didn't. I believe he did. All right. So we got that comment out of the way. Let's go back to John chapter 19. John 19. John chapter 19, verse number 31. Let's get to the Bible says the Jews, therefore. Because it was the preparation that the body should not remain upon the cross on the Sabbath day. For that Sabbath day was in high day. Oh, boy. Isn't it, isn't it, isn't it just amazing? This pharisaical attitude where they're more concerned with their day than the Messiah, than the creator of the day. Isn't it just amazing? Oh, our high day. We've got to do something. But it says, for that Sabbath day was a high day, besought Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. Then came the soldiers and break the legs of the first and of the other which was crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was dead already, they break not his legs. Now, if the legs of the malefactors weren't broken, the malefactors, if their legs weren't broken, Jesus could have been called a liar. 
because they would have continued to live on that cross up past the 12th hour, past that day. And when Jesus says to that thief on the cross, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Jesus would not have been able to keep that promise. He would have been called a liar and he would not have been able to keep, he would not have been able to do what he said he was going to do, but that wasn't the case. And so I believe we've got a fulfillment of prophecy. When Jesus says today thou shalt be with me in paradise, those soldiers come and they break those man, men's legs. Because one of them is going to meet Jesus Christ with an appointment that Jesus said he's going to keep. Now that's Jesus. That's our Savior. And I'm just so happy to be able to serve him and study his word. John chapter 19, verse 33. Let's read that again. The Bible says, but when they came to Jesus and saw that he was dead already, they break not his Leg. Let's get a few passages of scripture as we wrap up. Let's get Exodus. Exodus 12. And we'll wrap up. Uh, let's get Numbers chapter number 12. Numbers 12. And then we'll get Psalm 34. Let's get all three of those so we can move right from one to the other. Exodus chapter number 12. Numbers chapter number 9. And Psalm chapter number 34. Let's look at Exodus chapter number 12. Let's do that first. Exodus chapter number 12 and verse number 46. Look at this. In one house shall it be eaten. This is the Passover lamb. Thou shalt not carry forth all of the flesh abroad out of the house. Watch this one. Neither shall ye break a bone thereof. That's a picture. That's a foreshadowing of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. It's a foreshadowing. We see that in Exodus chapter 12, verse 46. That's our John 19, 33 cross reference. And then let's look at Numbers chapter 9. Here it is again, the Passover. They shall leave None of it under the morning, nor break any bone of it, according to all the ordinances of the Passover, they shall keep it. Another prophecy fulfilled by Jesus Christ on the cross. The malefactor's legs were broken. I look at that as a prophecy. Jesus says it. Those legs were breaking. The prophecy was fulfilled. Jesus can keep his appointment. Why? Because they died before the day ended. And if they didn't have their legs broken, it would have gone past the 12th hour. And Jesus saying, today that should be me with paradise would have been, no, nope, Jesus late for his appointment. Say, except he wasn't. 
There's a double prophecy happening because Jesus Christ, they didn't break his leg, did they? No. Why? Fulfillment of prophecy. Exodus chapter 12, Numbers chapter 9, Passover lamb, Jesus gave up the ghost. When he said it was finished. Last one, Psalm chapter 34 and verse 20. Last one. Uh, verse 19, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. And verse 20, here it is. And keepeth all his bones, not one of them is broken. We have three cross references that show that Jesus fulfilled the prophecy that not one of his bones to be broken. Thieves on the cross, soldiers came, broke their legs, and allowed Jesus to keep his appointment with them in paradise before the day ended. Amen? All right, next Thursday night, now we're going to go through the little trip Jesus took into paradise. So stay with us. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.